Okay, go. Hey everyone, this is Alex from This Family Tree. I'm here with my husband Shane. Baby Lou is in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so happy that you could join us for happy hour. On This Family Tree, episode 25. Something's <laughs> off. I'll admit, something's off with Alex today. You know what? About an hour ago, I just started feeling like profoundly sad. And I don't know why, but I like it just hit me like a ton of bricks out of nowhere and then just started kind of pulling me pulling me in like I have a sinking feeling hmm. uh, I'm blaming pregnancy yeah you're really going for the whole like who gives a shit vibe right now what do you mean well you're trying to act like you don't care to who to me you're you're trying <laughs> you're trying to give off a vibe and the the only semblance of your real personality is because you know where there's a blinking recording light so you're acting a little <laughs> bit fake happy right now yeah well i'm hoping that being happy right now and on the podcast and kind of forcing myself to lift up my spirits is actually going to lift up my spirits well i think i'm going to lift up your spirits today because I, <laughs> I and the reason it sounds like I have an odd fixation with personality types today and your personality type and mine is because I do have a fixation with it because of course my new obsession this week last week it was Asperger's now it's studying Enneagrams and I probably said that incorrectly I have no idea how to say that might be Enneagrams might be Enneagrams I don't know but <laughs> basically the idea of this is that there's nine personality types and we all fall within them. Right. And sometimes if you're a three, you could have four tendencies. So you'd be a three wing four, whatever. I suggest everyone takes the test, not only for themselves, but so you can better understand your partner. Because in my opinion, this test is highly, highly accurate. At least it was for me. And I believe it was for Alex. And I really started to understand the way your mind works. I always kind of thought I knew the way it worked. <laughs> but this kind of confirmed my belief. And sometimes I need to see in writing things I already believe to actually believe them. You know Yeah. What I mean? No, I have to say, I was on uh, lunch hour at work when you first started texting me about these. And you go, you're a seven. You're a seven. And I go, what the hell do you mean I'm a seven? And then you just started sending me photographs of the screen of the program you were watching that was kind of explaining it all and I was reading through it and I like I don't know what this means but yeah I definitely mm -hmm. identify with all of this so sevens basically are they have like a, a smile naturally on their face like when they're smiling it seems like that's almost their natural fixed position would be a smile mm -hmm. whereas most people they walk around and if they're smiling they're smiling but normally they have a neutral face and then if something makes them happy they'll they'll smile Whereas you are always have a look like you're either smiling or about to smile. <laughs> it's just your natural right. facial position, right? And that's very mm -hmm. common of a seven. Also, you're eternally optimistic and you're very excited, not only for the present, but more so for the future. So I found with you, you were always making future plans, like and always very excited for it. And you'd be like, I can't wait till I'm a Bobsha. You'd be looking. <laughs> I can't. You'd be you. You would look not only like to next week's excitement, but you would look to like decades away's oh, excitement. I can't wait to be a grandparent. And the idea is that you always have something to look forward to because 
that's what gives you energy the idea that there's always more in life that mm-hmm. today isn't the day in fact today's actually for sevens a disappointing day because tomorrow is going to be better just to clarify you're not saying like today as in the day we lived you're saying the day as in any day any day yeah. that you're living in is always today but you're not as concerned with that day because tomorrow is going to be better right and so i found and i was always a little confused by we would make plans or I'd, I'd give you a project and you would say, that's great. I can't wait. This Shane, I have so many ideas. I'm going to do this. We should do a sitcom. Uh, you're like, we should be artists. <laughs> like when I first met, you wanted to be artists. You wanted no, to- I just thought, okay, I don't think I'm artistic. I thought that we could make a ton of money mm-hmm. by fooling around on big canvases with our bodies covered in paint. And then selling them at an exhibit, like a passion exhibit. And I think sex actually sounds less weird than fooling around. <laughs> like I know you're trying to like not say it as raunchy. But but I think that uh, pretentious mm-hmm. rich people would love to buy mm-hmm. our sex art. So, I still think that I still think it's a great idea. Well, hold on, just, just I know, but is but Alex, because you love tomorrow, five grand a piece. You would actually. Once it came down to doing it, you would feel incredibly awkward. It would be disappointing. I don't think it, I would. Because a main quality of sevens is they get in manic states. It's not like bipolar where they're manic and then they're <laughs> depressed. You get a mania that right. doesn't really come down. Right. You do get disappointed when things aren't fulfilled the way you want them to be. Mm-hmm. But it's not a terrible crash because you're already looking on to the next thing. So initially dating you, I was like, wow, she has so many plans and i remember <laughs> when i met your dad who and i i consider you and your dad very similar yeah he would be like all right shane tomorrow i'm gonna wake up go for a run i'm gonna get a coffee renovate the basement mow the lawn i'm gonna take all the stuff <laughs> in your i was like oh my god john is the most ambitious person in the world but sure enough when the day comes it's not as appealing right and don't get me wrong John gets so much done. Yes, John is very proactive. He does. I'm not implying like they write checks their butt can't can't cash, but I'm saying they love the future. Yes. And the in planning, sevens are really into planning, particularly very exciting, stimulating events that are going to make people feel good. And sevens love sex. Sevens uh, I was listening to the professor he said a seven would want to have sex all day long just because it's it's one of the best things you can do, right? So that's a seven would want to do that. And I find you're very much uh, not obsessed, but it's it's a thing for you, right? Uh, anyway, I am a four. Yeah. And a four is very self-aware mm-hmm. and self-obsessed and always trying to diagnose what's going on with themselves and what's what's up with them because they truly believe that they are one of the most unique people on earth and even their faults they wear with a badge of honor and they like to use their faults to show how either damaged or unique or special they are or possibly how even through these faults i have overcome i've overcome it so they try to exaggerate uh, a terrible childhood a uh, if they didn't do well in school it was because they were too great or something like they, they couldn't focus because they're so gifted. You know what I mean? So that is me to a T. And I secretly am searching for a, a talent that I am the best in the world. Right. At. And fours will spend their whole life trying to find out what makes them the most unique person. I think I may have only 
dated fours in my entire right. life. <laughs> <laughs> Were all your girlfriends sevens? No, I've realized because then I start thinking about my previous girlfriends. My last girlfriend was a four. Right. No one is more incompatible than a four and a four <laughs> because they always are tr- competing one upmanship for their needs. They're right. very needy people, right. fours. And it's it's a subtle need because they're very good at making everything so believable and right. all their trauma and drama and everything coincides to make you feel like you actually like they're right the floor yeah. is right you know what i mean so all, reading all this was very profound like my frank d'angelo <laughs> saying that Did word you, wrong <laughs> you're making breakthroughs basically but sevens and fours are actually pretty compatible because pretty compatible pretty it's not it's i'm not saying it's a dead bingo match but there okay. is there is a positive four and a negative four, or it's it's called a healthy four and healthy. <laughs> what? Like within the four range? Within the four, like you can be mm-hmm. a, a four and an unhealthy four. Okay. And, and you can have all the worst qualities of a four, and it can bring you down. Right. You can be a positive four, a healthy four, and use everything. It's like nuclear, nuclear. Say the word. Nuclear. It's like that energy. It can either destroy a city or power it. Right. So it depends on how you utilize your gifts Fourness. or detriments, depending okay. on. Or your sevenness can ruin you too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think you are a healthy seven. I would for sure say that. I would say I can oscillate between the two, but I'd say now. No, I think I think you're a healthy four. I do think now. In my youth, I struggled with being unhealthy. I right. was almost too obsessed with my plight. I feel like you know? a lot of artists are like that. I've dated musicians in the past who were all sitting there with the guitar crying over their songs mm-hmm. that they were writing, which was very annoying and not mm-hmm. uh, sympathetic. But that could be an unhealthy for. Yes, which yeah. I believe at least but a couple I, I, of them I brought are. some materials that talk about how fours and seven get along. And I thought it might be you might get a kick of me reading this. I will, I will. But I do want to just, based on my experience, because now I'm feeling like I'm having a profound breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And I do think you're a healthy four because whereas other people I would have dated were kind of wallowing in their fourness, you don't wallow. You It's more of a celebration and using that to be successful and like to motivate and everything like that. So I, I really do think that you are probably the healthiest four I've ever met. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I, I will say too, I love sevens the most. And people genuinely love sevens the most because they're great to be around. They make you feel great. They're the first to get on the dance floor and the first to get you on the dance floor, you which is the best the type most? of person to get a party starting. So sevens are always very popular people. <laughs> uh, okay, so here we go. Anagram fours and sevens tend to be intrigued by each other since they are generally a case of opposites attracting. Mm. Fours tend to be quiet and introverted, self-doubting, emotional, and pessimistic, while sevens tend to be outgoing, extroverted, self-confident, mental. I don't know what that means. Sorry. <laughs> mental and optimistic. Sevens help fours overcome shyness and possible reluctances to try new experiences. Okay. Fours help sevens stay focused on what they really want and to respect and allow their feelings. Fours and sevens bring to the relationship the charge and mystery of their differences, that they think so differently, react so differently, and find pleasure in such different ways. They can therefore become intrigued by each other, finding him or her endlessly fascinating, always ready with something new and unexpected. Both fours and sevens bring a capacity for joy and ecstasy, spontaneity, emotion, and for passion. 
Both fours and sevens love lively conversations, and they can pass hours sharing with each other detailed accounts of their events of the day, as well as their thoughts and reactions. Both fours and sevens love the finer things in life, travel, (laughs) good food, wine, clothes, and furnishings. And for better or for worse, both can tend to overspend their incomes on what they consider life's necessities. Caviar, champagne, (laughs) a a trip to Europe. They both have a love of the new and a sense of adventure and romance that can keep the relationship fresh and lively for themselves and be both a source of joy and inspiration for others. Both types can be funny, irreverent, and entertaining. There is also an earthiness, a bodiness to both, as well as, paradoxically, a sophistication and elitism. Being opposites, fours and sevens can balance each other. Fours bringing a sense of depth and (laughs) interiority. I know you think it'd be inferiority, depth, and... Interiority, I don't know. Okay, well, sevens contribute a sense of fun and emotional resilience. So what do you think of that so far? This is this is insanely spot on. This is like... And you know, okay, um, just before you keep going, so last week, early in the week, like Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday, Yeah. it was a really long day for both of us, and I didn't see you until like 10 o'clock at night or 10.30 or mm-hmm. something. And you came home and we were just laying in bed and then we ended up like, we're like, okay, early night, let's just, you know, nice to you, let's get to bed. But then we got in a conversation and then we just started talking. But like one of those conversations that you'd have like in your first month of being in love with somebody when you're divulging all of your, you know, your fears and your secrets and things like that. And it was like one of those conversations. And But we do what that. What were we talking about again? I know what you mean, but I, I, I forget the detail. Uh, like, I can cut it out. Like your mom and like childhood and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like my parents. Like we were just talking about family, our and, childhoods and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but we were, didn't go to bed till like twelve thirty mm-hmm. that night because we got in this conversation. Then before I knew, it, I looked at my phone and I was like, "Holy shit, it's twelve thirty. And it was like one of those first date or like first date when you mm, really like somebody conversation. Yeah. But I find that we can get into that very easily and that we do slip into that a lot. Mm-hmm. And that Well, because I think I still have a desire to impress you and I still have a desire to like, again, this is a, a four trait that is very annoying to say out loud, but it's like, I want you to like get into my mind and <laughs> like unlock new pathways so you realize how complex I am, which is so lame, right? But it's like in doing so, I feel like we're going to get closer or something. Yeah. And I, I think that when you say wanting to impress me, I still mm. want to impress you. And that's not something that I think like I could see people scoffing at that and being like, oh, come on, like, don't you're married. Just relax. Like they got to love you no matter what. But obviously, so many people get divorced. People don't love each other no matter mm-hmm. what. And I do think it's important to try hard for each other and to try to impress each other, your entire relationship, and not just stop because you're married or stop because mm-hmm. you have kids or stop because you're fat or whatever it is. Like, keep trying to impress each other in whatever capacity you want to do that in. But and I, I like that. that it's you hard that. for it to be inorganic, too, though. Mm-hmm. Like, trying is almost a hard word for me. Also, fours are obsessed with being authentic. <laughs> they're always like like doing a podcast with the four is very hard because they're always like no we got to keep it warts and all like we got to say that thing uh, and be like why it's not right it's like because it's not right because that's what we were thinking at the time you know what i mean yeah so a four is going to be fighting with someone who wants to maybe keep 
things on the more up and up even keel because a four wants to rock the boat because boats rock. Yes. Okay, so I'll read. I read the positive. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to read the potential problems with fours and seven. This is when things can kind of outwear their welcome. Because they are so different in so many ways, fours and sevens must have several strong points of attraction or else they will likely miss connecting with each other. And that's what I was talking about last week when I was saying I'm lucky to have even attracted you because a person like you, it might be hard for me to talk to such an extroverted person like you. Mm -hmm. So unless I have an icebreaker, which is... My, right. my uh, chiseled facial features. <laughs> uh, no, we got set up, actually. They will likely miss connecting with each other. Unless some strong passion, romantic, mental, or spiritual, keeps them together, they are likely to fly apart if there are any deep disagreements or conflicts early in the relationship. Both types tend to be impulsive and to be easily frustrated with each other when they are disappointed or if life circumstances do not go as they expect. Both have high expectations for the kind of attention and quality of interactions they want from others. And if they are not forthcoming, both tend to give others too many second chances to prove themselves. While fours may admire and even secretly envy the seven's resilience and high energy, they may also find themselves worn down by their fast-paced lives and what feels to fours like seven's relentless plans and activities. Fours can see sevens as too noisy, superficial, and insensitive, and occasionally coarse and insulting without even realizing it. On the other hand, sevens may admire and try to imitate the fours' artistic flair, creativity, and appreciation of subtlety and beauty. But sevens can also see fours as hypersensitive, ineffectual, impractical, moody, and self-absorbed. In addition, if the relationship worsens, fours usually become more withholding and hostile, sniping at the other from a safe Mm. distance. Sevens become more impatient, abrasive, and can be verbally abusive. You're not. Fours (laughs) may want to talk about everything that has gone wrong with the relationship in great detail with the seven. By contrast, sevens typically want to move on to something more promising and upbeat. The result is that underlying problems do not get resolved adequately. Relationship curdles virtually everything each admired and was attracted to two and the other becomes irritating and insufferable so what'd you think of that i think so much of it is on the nose Mm -hmm. with how fours and sevens might handle arguments and things like that i think it's very on the nose however yeah i don't get verbally any like mean well it when it said they're looking to for the you know just to be happy again and to move Mm -hmm. on with it that's like well you always say when we're having even a discussion that i think is a a discussion that maybe we're having conflicting viewpoints on you will think it's an argument and you want to get out of it and you'll often say i'm not good at arguments i think that the winner and the loser in the argument thing happens when one person is able to you know make the other person see their point of view Again, that could also be because the other person is more open to seeing the other person's point of view. So if you and I were arguing, right, you'd be able to make me see your point of view. And I I can understand that. But then I have a hard time making you see my point of view. And I find that as I take that as a loss, even if I know I'm right or I have some, uh, what do you call it? Like some credence to my argument or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I have a hard time dictate, like saying it in a way that, makes you understand even right now i'm kind of getting sputtery because yeah. like it's just thinking about it like makes me nervous like thinking about an argument makes me nervous and you could like i can already mm-hmm. feel my speech kind of stuttering because well, they're not fun and you want to have fun yeah and that is like doing this has helped me understand you so much better and how to actually get you to do stuff because i am easy to manipulate by you also because you do have such an infectious energy when you're excited about something that 
you can fool me nine times out of ten when you tell me, oh, Shane, this is going to be good. <laughs> and I will say, Alex, this is going to be the hardest thing in the world. I need your effort. I need you to do, do this and work hard. You will say, I'm going to. And that's easy for you to say because going to is always tomorrow or in the mm-hmm. future. But if I had known that, I would be on you way more. And, and it, obviously, it is so over, helpful yeah. to have you on me as a reminder because I need that to keep me on track because I'm bad, bad, mm-hmm. bad at doing that for myself. And just let people know, recently we got into <laughs> a little bit of deadline issues with the pilot. We yeah. were a, a TV show pilot that we were writing and uh, producing and going to star in. So because there was a little bit of procrastination going on, and for many reasons, many, many mm-hmm. reasons, uh, it, it got submitted a couple months later, and I had warned you that this could happen, right? And the thing was, there was no, like, official, and when Shane says a couple months later, it's not like a deadline happened, and the, a couple months passed, and then it got submitted. It was, there was no clear deadline at all, and then there was this ambition, and... Well, we were... I would say 75% done something. Yeah. And just, we could have signed our contracts. We just wanted to uh, submit the contracts and the scripts at the same time. Yeah. Because that's when you get paid. I didn't want to submit a contract and then have them say, okay, let's start production. Anyway, we're really into the weeds now. No, that's... (laughs) But uh, this is a perfect segue into one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight. Kind of getting to know your partner on a different level and the psychological reasons they are the way they are have I'm you heard- intrigued <laughs> have you heard of what's his name dr gary chapman's five love languages is that the ice cream guy no okay who have you heard of the five love languages vaguely okay i had never heard of these until somebody asked me about it in a hostel one night what my love languages are and i had no idea what the heck they is were this talking a man about. asking you this yes Call the cops. The se- <laughs> Ladies, if you're listening and you're single and you're in a hostel, call the cops the second a guy starts asking you about your love language. Um, no, we were actually talking about you because the guy in the hostel liked me. And then uh, Shane and I had only been dating for like two weeks at this time. Uh, and then he's like, well, does he understand your love languages? And I was like, guys, code. Probably. I. What is that? What the guy's trying to say, Alex, is <laughs> I'm a Lothario and I know how to please a woman. Right. That's obviously what he's trying to say. And by the way, this bullshit only works on sevens, these lines. <laughs> it didn't work, obviously. Um, but I did end up learning about love languages. I was reading about them because I did find it interesting. And I wanted to bring it up tonight because it is just another psychological way of getting to know your partner. So there's five things that can help you hopefully understand uh your partner's language in a relationship and how they will respond to different things and the best way to make them feel appreciated. The first one is words of affirmation. So saying I love you and including the reasons behind that and really Mm -hmm. being vocal about not just that you love them, but why you love them, okay? The second one is quality time. So this is like undivided attention, sharing experiences, and it can be something from traveling together to as simple as cooking dinner together. Okay, so far I'm the best in the world at one and two, so <laughs> three better be a doozy. <laughs> three, 
is receiving gifts. And no, these are like what you like. So you got to think about which ones you like the best and how you, you respond to somebody else when they do oh, these things. Oh, okay. Okay. So number three is receiving gifts. So that's just the gifts and not just the gifts, but the thoughtfulness and the effort that goes into them. Mm-hmm. So does your partner love thoughtful and like your sister loves putting a lot of effort into giving gifts right so she seems like because the type she that loves receiving receiving, receiving thoughtful gifts right and so mm-hmm. that's like her love language the fourth one is acts of service so this is like easing the burden of responsibility making life easier so like breakfast in bed offering to walk the dog doing the dishes helping it around the house doing acts of service that you know, just helps the other person lighten their load. And lastly, it's physical touch. So that's hand-holding, hugs. It could be honestly like a pat on the back, kissing, anything physical. So I want to ask you, take a look at these. You could choose as many mm-hmm. or as few as you want. And you think in your head about what your love language is. And then I'm going to try to guess based on being in a relationship with you. So uh, I've picked two of them. Oh, oh you did? Yes. Okay. So... Based on what I know about you, I would think number one is acts of service. No. Acts of service isn't either one of them? It is. No, oh, that's what I'm asking. Oh, you said number one. Oh, I'm just saying uh, I'm like, talking about where I put more uh, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just okay, saying Okay, that's like, one of them. Correct. One of them would be acts of service. Like when life is made easier because you do lead such a stressful life, you're mm-hmm. so seldom at home. So I think when you can come home and, you know, things are looking nice or it's just... Yeah, it's it's comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And, and you are really, and that gets you like so happy and so affectionate and everything. So I like doing those things because it just makes you so like mushy and relaxed and it's nice. And I think the other thing you like, quality time. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I base this on when we watch TV together, if I look at my phone or something mm-hmm. or if we're playing video games and I'm like kind of sleepy. You're, you're like, Alex, come on. Like this, this is our time. Like this is our time right now. The bachelor's on, like the Raptors are on, like, you know, get off that. This is our time. And, and that's like quality time on such a almost mundane level, but no, it's still, I like it on a big you know, level too. Here, here's what I mean. Like, it's so important. Even mm-hmm. the mundane quality time, if that's the only quality time you're getting in a day, that's the most important time of that day mm-hmm. for either one of you. Yeah. And that's huge. So I get that. So what do you think are mine? Do you know them already? Let me see. Yeah, I'm picking two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So physical touch. Yes. Okay. And the other one, this is hard because these are all so good and you love everything. So acts of service isn't. Um, Although everyone likes acts of service, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. put in your top two. Um, I would say quality time and physical touch. And with a close behind would be words of affirmation. Okay. That's the so, one you'd pick now, but isn't actually the truth. Right. Why isn't it the truth? Okay. Here's why, <laughs> Here's how I'm actually breaking this down. Because I'm easy with quality time and I'm already doing that. This podcast, your whole goal is to get me to up my words of affirmation. So, of course, that's going to be the one you want to bring up because that's the one I'm not as good at. So, in this podcast, what, what would be more beneficial to you to bring up? The thing I'm really good at, which is quality time, or words of affirmation? If you're smart, you'd say words of affirmation. I didn't think of it like that, Shane. I know, but <laughs> I think about this stuff, and I know you don't, on a conscious level, you didn't, but honestly, that's why you did. Well, I think that... quality time is actually more important. Do you think I fish for uh, words of affirmation? 
not not fisherman? crazily. I do think you fish for it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I like them. I know that. <laughs> I know that. But two, I like when I say it, it to be better. You know. Mm-hmm. But I do. Like I'm not saying like "love you bye" is a great word of affirmation. No. But I try to make sure there's a "love you bye." <laughs> of, of course, of course. But why do you say "I love you" before you leave to work? I don't even get it. I'm fishing. <laughs> because I love you. <laughs> it's, you have to give the reasons why. Oh, I, I, I do give reasons why. And <laughs> I just like, I will, like I said, what did I say? You're irreplaceable, I said. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I know I'm irreplaceable, but I know you said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I do think that knowing how somebody responds sometimes it's very inherent and it's just innate and you know exactly how they respond to certain things but sometimes i do think that it takes reflection and if you do want to you know do something nice for your partner i think oftentimes we can just do what we like ourselves like in the case of your sister i think that she will spend so much time doing these really elaborate gifts and putting all this effort into them and then giving them and because that's her love language she thinks it's going to work it's the best way to show her love to everybody right Mm -hmm. when that isn't necessarily the case so i think it is important what do you think do you think that is a good thing to know like a good thing to um maybe meditate on in a relationship or no i think all of those things are should be thought about all the time and i think if you're good at two of the five you should concentrate on the three that you're bad at yeah yeah. But and it's all good things there. You know? Speaking of love languages and making each other feel good and things like that, Valentine's Day is coming up. I think it's this Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard to get out to do our regular Valentine's Day plan. I don't think we will be able to this year. No, I don't think so either, mainly because the one restaurant we go to is closed. I thought they just moved. They they are moving, but it's called Harry's Charbroiled, but they don't have that location yet to move in. I could be talking on my ass, but I believe that to be true. So Shane and I went here for our first Valentine's Day together, and it was the best Valentine's ever. So we've been doing it every year since. The it's, first year we went to see the movie... Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude. Did we not go to Harry's first, though? We did. Yeah. yeah. So we went to... It was the best Valentine's Day I've ever been on to this day, but we went to Harry's Charbroiled for burgers and cheap whiskey, and it was the best because everybody that was not out for Valentine's Day and did not have a fancy date to go on went to Harry's. Well, all the fancy restaurants were just like jam-packed. And we loved Harry's because we were the only two people on a Valentine's date in there. And it made us feel like, oh, our love is so special because we weren't in a restaurant that was packed with everybody thinking that their love is so special. And we have simple needs like we're easy going yeah people. but they have like the most delicious greasy burgers they do yeah ever. so it was high quality too in that, yeah. that way and then harold and Maud to follow that was fantastic that being said i'm not a huge valentine's person where do you land on that scale i i love the excuse to affirm give each our other. love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like the excuse to give each other recognition but we've said we've always done something and i i like the way that we do it i'm not the person to want or give you know heart-shaped box of chocolates but i do like doing something and i think the way that we've handled it like hamburgers and a movie is way more up our alley yeah uh anything else to report here this was a bit of a longer one that's okay Uh, oh yeah i'm just and it's funny because we're getting 
and this could be good or bad depending on how you look at it we're getting a little bit away from parenting more just talking about relationships well this week well the last week too yeah i know but that's fine we can always uh redirect based on what the listeners like so well, you can't really base it on the listeners it's like listeners will come and go but we'll be here forever <laughs> like our, on the couch. we got you you gotta go with your gut because if you're trying to please everybody you'll please no one hey do you know who said that who bill cosby oh geez well we can make our first <laughs> we can make our first caller we can make one <laughs> we can, all right we can make our first call okay who, who are we calling alex Okay, so we are calling Ryan. She is a prenatal nutritionist from San Diego. She's got a really great blog um, and a really great Instagram account, and she gives prenatal nutrition advice every single day. She runs programs, but her being the expert, I will get her to tell us a little bit more about it herself. Hello. Hey, Ryan, this is Alex and Shane from This Family Tree. Thank you so much for taking our call tonight. Yeah, no problem. So I was just telling listeners, you are a prenatal nutritionist from San Diego. Yes, you are right. Okay. So what exactly do you do? Like, do your services kind of extend uh, beyond the internet atmosphere? Like, do you do do anything in San Diego with it? No. So my practice is actually completely virtual. Um, So I see clients all throughout the United States. I've actually worked with someone in Canada as well. Um, but yeah, I see everyone virtual and then I have online programs as well. I saw that. So you just finished uh, enrollment for one of them. And what was that program offering? Yeah. So that is my newest program, which is completely online. Um, and it's called the P plus method, which is basically a completely self-paced program. So there's like 12 different modules. Um, that you go through, you know, basically covering all the essentials of pregnancy nutrition. So I'm, it's really, it's geared towards pregnancy, but there are, about, I would say half the students are planning pregnancies and half are currently pregnant. So it's self-paced, but there is some connection with me and with the other students through a private Facebook group. And then I also host like live Q&A sessions. So it's a really, really cool program. I love that you do it virtually. It is so hard, like with all the appointments and things like that that you have during pregnancy, it's so hard to add another one to that. So I think the virtual aspect is the way to go, like for sure. That's amazing. Yeah, it totally is. People love it. My clients love it. And it's so easy for both of us because people are traveling all the time. And a lot of the women I work with just have, you know, busy schedules. So it's super flexible. And, you know, you can take a call with me anywhere. You know, it's really cool. So I have a few questions from myself. And then uh, I let my followers know that we're talking to a prenatal nutritionist. And I have some questions from them too. But before we get into that, can you just give me pregnancy nutrition basics or like maybe just a couple tips that it would be the first thing you would tell expectant moms? Yeah, so it depends. I mean, I guess generally when I'm thinking about pre-pregnancy, because those are kind of the two main areas that I work with women in is those planning to be pregnant soon and those obviously pregnant. Generally, the guidance is very similar. Um, However, when we're thinking like specifically when you just find out you're pregnant, you're going through that first trimester, there's a lot of symptoms uh, that you're dealing with. So there might be some tweaking there of how we can still fit in all the nutrients while you're still struggling with nausea and food aversions and all those wonderful things, you know? Yeah, I'm kidding. But yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so generally, it's just focusing as much as we can on those nutrient-dense nutrient foods, really focusing on folate, choline, iron. How can we boost all of those nutrients that are going to be extremely essential during those first stages of development for the baby? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times when, you know, women find out they're pregnant, it's not until, like, six weeks in or sometimes even eight weeks in when a lot of the baby's main organs have already started to develop. So that's why I, you know, you probably noticed on my social media account, I make a major push for preconception nutrition too, because we want to make sure you're going into pregnancy with those nutrient stores completely built up, no deficiencies um, and everything ready to go. You know, I did not know how important that was. So when we had our first daughter, we just kind of decided one night, oh, let's let's make a baby. And then we did. <laughs> and uh, my yeah. doctor goes, well, Alex, how long have you been uh, taking your prenatals? And I go, I'm sorry, what? And yeah. I, I was like, it's a, so embarrassing now, especially since I run a no. pregnancy and motherhood account. But I, I wasn't <laughs> running an account at this time. And I had no, I had no idea. So I started taking prenatal prenatals yeah. right away thank god and that is so important because i was definitely not getting a lot of things like folate and you know other really important right. things to help stop really possibly debilitating issues right exactly um, is there like do you ever talk to your clients about prenatal vitamins and like recommendations for those yeah absolutely so that's definitely one of the i would say most frequently asked questions i get on my social media account of course because that's gen- the general guidance that women get um, when they're going to like, even if you are, if someone did schedule like a preconception visit with their physician or when they're going in for their first checkup, that's generally the the extent of the advice that's Mm -hmm. given from physicians, which is, I don't know, I could go on a little bit of a soapbox there. Um, It's very basic information, but we can't blame them because they don't really have nutrition education. Right. But yeah, so I definitely give absolutely so much guidance on prenatal vitamins because as we know the supplement industry is this like billion dollar industry and yeah there's so many to choose from right and people just get so confused they have no idea how to pick a supplement what is a good one what is one is there do you, do you have a favorite that you find yourself recommending more than the others there are like a handful that i find myself recommending more than the others but it's so individualized like there's so many things that come into play like a lot of my clients have different food allergies or different health conditions you know coming in to pregnancy or we do some testing and they're maybe low on certain things so it's it's very variable but yeah one of the biggest things I always say too is because a lot of the times you'll see recommendations out there oh folic acid folic acid and everyone pushes folic acid but in reality you really want to look for folate on your prenatal vitamin what's sorry what's the difference between folate and folic acid they sound similar but what what's the difference yeah so folic acid is the synthetic form of folate so folate is the kind that's found naturally in foods like spinach and greens and avocados and nuts and seeds. Folate's all natural in those food sources, but folic acid is the kind that like manufacturers just add to certain Uh, foods. Okay. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) in for myself and for a lot of people that I've spoken to, trimester one was hell for both kids. Yeah. previous pregnancy and my current pregnancy, I had so many food aversions. And then with this pregnancy, 
I had food aversions and then was also throwing up like 20 times a day. So it yeah. was so hard for me to be able to get vitamins because first of all, I just, I couldn't stomach the thought of it. Right. And all I could eat was carb-based things, pancakes, pasta, white bread. So, and that's the thing is like, if I was to eat something else, I'd throw it up immediately. So yeah. what do we worry about if we're having a rough first trimester or dealing with nausea and vomiting in pregnancy? Like, are we just worried about getting something in us or how do we kind of combine all the nutrients and vitamins that we need in with that problem? Yeah, that's a great question. And obviously super common. I think it's like 70% of women experience nausea. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I know it's around that number. Um, and yeah, and that's another reason I want to point out why preconception nutrition is so important because that does happen to almost, you know, every pregnant woman, at mm -hmm. least one of those symptoms that you mentioned, you know, so it's important that when you, when you are having those symptoms, your body is like shunting all of those nutrient stores that you built up prior to being pregnant, all giving those to the baby, you know, so your body is just really amazing and that's like the only way I can describe it like your body is working as hard as it can to move those nutrients around and get baby everything you know they need to be growing and developing mm -hmm. um that being said yes you are right when when we're thinking about pretty severe nausea and like you just can't look at food and it's so bad generally my recommendation is like okay some calories are better than none mm -hmm. so if there's anything you know if there's anything that you can eat that you can keep down like go for that, you know, and yeah. then whenever, whenever you're feeling better and whenever you think you might have an appetite, like, of course, we want to try to make those times count as much as we possibly can. And then just understand that it will pass yeah, for both eventually it only lasts, <laughs> so until 12 weeks, maybe 16. So just kind of rolling with it and doing the best you can. So if, sure. if you have a client who's experiencing like crazy nausea and vomiting like I was is there anything that is kind of easy on the stomach that is you know has more nutrition than white pasta that you'd recommend yeah so I mean tr thinking about carbs I know that's one of the things that women can typically keep down better mm -hmm. um if you can do some carb stores like some starchier vegetables like potatoes or even white potatoes sweet potatoes anything like that I mean squash I like I'm gonna say peas corn all the starchy veggies <laughs> um those are definitely good options but also if you can just do like a piece of whole grain toast with butter right. that works like an English muffin I know I was talking to a client last week I think who was like only warm food sound good she's like I can't even think about eating like a cold type snack that's <laughs> I'm like that's totally fine yeah like just do like an adult grilled cheese and have like a little English muffin melt some like cheddar cheese on there and you've got two of the food groups you've got a carbs a little protein and a little fat in there see that so, actually sounds so I threw up my entire dinner tonight like five minutes after eating it and a grilled cheese sounds perfect because I'm kind of getting hungry again. And that sounds so perfect. Yeah. I like that. There you go. <laughs> um, so one other thing, eating for two. When I first was pregnant with Lucy, uh, everybody goes, oh, you know, don't worry about having an extra slice of cake. You're eating for two now or, oh, now's your time to, <laughs> you know, really go for all the stuff you want because you're eating for two. Don't worry about anything. But eating for two is not, we're not doing that, right? Like we're, right, exactly. So can you kind of explain that myth 
a little bit in how, yeah. how, how we need to correct that? Yeah, definitely. And I think that does float around a lot. And whether it's like family who's kind of telling you that or friends or I don't know how it, it's just been rolling around for a while. And I would like to think I'm a part of busting that myth once and for all. But yeah, it's definitely what I like to say is make the swaps instead of eating for two, nourishment for two instead. Because you're not really, when you say eating for two, it makes it sound like you are like doubling, you know, yeah. like everything you do, yes. like doubling your calories, doubling your servings, all of this stuff is being doubled. But the reality is your needs aren't doubling. Your needs for certain nutrients are increasing, but they're definitely not doubling. So mm-hmm. it just wouldn't make sense to eat double of everything and really in the first trimester and some women for even the first full half of their pregnancy they eat the same amount of calories as they did prior to being pregnant granted it's different for everyone of course and I I like to kind of use the mindful eating of eating approach still during pregnancy so that's really like tuning into your hunger and fullness cues and if you feel hungry Obviously, I want you to eat something. I don't want you to cap mm-hmm. it out like, oh, I already had my 1,800 calories per day. I need to stop eating. Yeah. Um, not at all. Definitely, if you're hungry and if you feel like one day you're just hungry all day, definitely. Like, eat until you're satisfied is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So just just paying more attention to our body, not stuffing our faces and overeating, but definitely right. give our body nourishment when it's asking for it. Right. Exactly. So yep. How can we tell if a meal is meeting all of our pregnant needs, like uh, nutrition wise? Is there are there any good markers to kind of identify that? I think I mean, this is going to sound super simple, but making sure your plate is filled with color and then making sure that you have something from all of the food groups too whenever you're building your plate so definitely making sure you have a carb source a protein source a fat source um, and really looking at it that way and making sure you Mm -hmm. have a few colors on there too so simplicity is best okay so when I put it out to listeners that I was having you on tonight I have a couple things that they want to know just a yes or no whether it's safe or not for pregnancy if you don't know don't worry about it we'll cut it but protein powders Are they safe to take during pregnancy? Oh, protein powders. So it depends. Um, There are a lot of protein powders that will sneak in like hidden sources of added sugar or Mm -hmm. like really processed ingredients or artificial things. So if it's something like that, I don't want to like call any brands or anything, of course. Do it. I I don't care. They're not going to hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just like the first one that comes to mind is like Shakeology and like things like that, like ones that are more is that like an Instagram protein brand? It's like a, not like herbal life, but okay. it's like a weight loss. That's what okay. I'm trying to say. It's like, okay. a, yeah, like a weight, not like any ones that are like used for like weight loss or something like that. Ones that are just really clean and like the only ingredient is in there is like protein, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> There's no like added sugars or um, what else? I did? Oh, like processed soy. So right. processed okay. soy is something else you want to avoid in protein powders as well. That's awesome. No. What about fish oil? Like if they're using that as a supplement? Yeah, fish oil is definitely safe. There's a lot of different brands. Again, a lot of different brands out there, a lot of different um, aspects to a fish oil. Mm-hmm. So the one caveat to that too is not everyone needs to take one. Um, it really depends. You can get your like omega-3 level tested, which is something I recommend. It's always rather than just kind of going for it. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, if you test and you f- find your levels are low, then I definitely recommend taking a yeah omega three supplement. But if you are someone who has eaten fish your whole life and you like, mm-hmm. um, you know, high omega three fish, you might be okay. You know, just eating fish and not having to take it additional supplement, you know. So somebody said they love eggplant and their sister-in-law said that eggplant is actually unsafe during pregnancy. Do you have any word on whether eggplant is safe or unsafe? Eggplant is definitely safe. I've never heard of that before, about being possibly unsafe. Yeah, I feel like I get a lot of random questions in my DMs, so I might have heard that one before. But no, eggplant is definitely safe. And okay, so somebody else wrote in kombucha, which I want to know because I've... I love kombucha. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is one I get asked very frequently, and I have a lot of I have a few posts on it in my on my Instagram. So if anyone's listening, um, go to my Instagram. I have some posts on it, and then as well as in my program that I was just talking about, I go I do like a deep dive into kombucha and other unpasteurized drinks during pregnancy, and kind of go over the science because it is such a frequently asked question oh my gosh Mm -hmm. and now that kombucha is like so popular everyone's wondering but yeah so generally I say like if you are going to try it for the first time like obviously don't just start drinking it in pregnancy yeah Um, but you know if you drink it before you became pregnant you're only drinking it in like very small amounts so I wouldn't do more than I usually say like four to six ounces, two or three times a week. Oh, so very small amounts. Yeah, so pretty small amounts. Um, And the biggest thing you want to look for really is the sugar because they can pump those things with sugar. Um, And so that's one thing you want to be aware of too. So like my 500 milliliter bottle of Rise kombucha, probably not a smart thing to be drinking. I mean, it depends. It definitely depends. I have to look at the label and everything. I don't know if I'm familiar with that brand. I'll but check. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give the label a good look. Uh, yeah. So give, give the label a look. And whenever you're looking at the label, like the serving size mm-hmm. is super important too. When they, when they list the sugar content on there, that's per the serving size. So if okay. the serving size is half of the bottle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That thing, that sugar amount is only in half the bottle. And if you drink the full bottle, you'd want to double it, you know? Yep. So can you get, yes or no, can you get gestational diabetes from eating too much chocolate in pregnancy? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not really a yes or no. <laughs> Is it a possibility? Oh, my God. Is it a possibility? Um, I guess if you really overdid it, I wouldn't, like, <laughs> gestational diabetes, <laughs> you can't, like, pinpoint one food or okay. one thing, even, like, one part of your health you know right. it's so dependent on so many factors um, so if you're just it's like if you're question. just sitting there eating like you know a little bit of chocolate every night you're it's not going to impact likely your chances of getting it. right okay okay yeah yeah uh, okay if that's what the question was asking then no well, yeah you're good. I, I don't know exactly where she was going with it but that's what i'm going to suggest <laughs> what are your thoughts of a vegan diet during pregnancy oh my god <laughs> this is a loaded question. Wow, we could spend like another hour so, or so talking about. Do this. you do you have anything on your website or your blog that might address this, like on your Instagram account? Um, I recently did a post that was talking a little bit about vegetarian diets, mm-hmm. and generally, what I recommend is if you're going to do vegetarian or vegan, or if you just have a lot of food allergies. 
test and like you just are allergic to a lot of things, I absolutely recommend meeting one-on-one with a dietitian who knows about pregnancy nutrition because there are a lot of nutrients of concern. So if you are all of a sudden cutting out all of these food groups, you're likely missing out on a lot of these nutrients that are contained in those. So it's really important that you meet with someone and make sure you're getting these nutrients from different sources. Because when we're thinking about pregnancy too, it's already like you get handed a list of rules around food. And then when you are cutting out food groups, you have even more rules, honestly, Mm -hmm. because you have to eat You have to make sure you're eating certain foods every single day and making sure those are appropriate servings too to get those nutrients. Because generally when you're comparing nutrients in animal foods and when you're comparing nutrients in plant foods, and even if that plant food does provide, you know, like iron, for example, the iron in the plant food, you would have to eat like eight times as much of that plant food than you would have the animal food to make up for that amount of nutrient that you're getting if that makes sense yeah I I saw a comparison on your Instagram account between jackfruit and it was like beef or something and it was like 24 grams of protein in the meat and then four grams in the jackfruit which is often used as a meat substitute right so it's, it's, it's basically just ensuring that whatever diet you're on for allergies or ethical reasons see a dietitian and make sure you're getting the nutrients that you'd be missing out on yes exactly i mean you are your baby's sole source of nutrition during this time so if there's any exceptions you can make you know to your diet to make sure baby's getting everything they need that's what i recommend Okay, awesome. And are there any things that you could recommend to eat or take that would be natural uh, to help ease heartburn? Oh, that's a good question. Generally, we want to stay away from any form of medication as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, There are more so foods, besides foods adding in, there's more so foods you can take away. So you really want to try to find what triggers your heartburn because there are some things that are kind of common like chocolate and caffeine and spicy foods and fried foods and more acidic foods. Um, the so good looking stuff. At those, <laughs> right, all the yummy things. Um, yeah, so looking at those things first and seeing if you can kind of identify what's causing it. And mm-hmm. it might not even be one of those common sources. I've had some people say like, oh, eggs give me heartburn. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever it is for you, I would figure out that and then just try to eliminate that from your diet that's awesome okay and that's that's it for us tonight and where can people find you online when they want to go and uh, hear more yeah so definitely connect with me on instagram at prenatal nutritionist or um, you can visit my website definitely for more information about working with me or getting into my new online program and that is the prenatal nutritionist.com That is so great. Ryan, thank you so much again for taking the time out tonight. We really appreciate it. I had a great time talking to you. And have a great rest of your weekend. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. And you guys have a wonderful weekend too. Absolutely. Take care. So eggplant is safe. I had maybe too much kombucha this pregnancy. Pod-wise, we are going to call Derek. Papa Dare. Okay, this is a friend of ours. What are we going to talk to him about? Uh, He has two daughters. And he's got experience with a couple kids. I think he likes to claim that your father-in-law likes him better than you. Let's. Uh, but uh, light life with two kids and. Let's call him. Hello. Papa Dare. There he is. Hey man, <laughs> welcome to this family tree podcast, guys' corner oh. segment. 
Beautiful. I got Alex here. Good. How are you doing? Good. Hi, Alex. How's it going? Happy to have you on. It's great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. What are you doing tonight? Right now? Yeah. Uh, escaping the madness that's uh, on the next floor. Oh, the kids <laughs> The kids aren't asleep. What time do they go to bed? Uh, your guess is as good as mine today. <laughs> How old are They're they right now? Six and four. Grace is six and Layla's four. Okay, so you have two girls, and we're yeah. uh, we have one girl, and we're actually hoping yeah. for two. And what's mm-hmm. your experience like with two girls? Um, I was I was also hoping for two, so that was that was nice. Two girls. Um, yeah, two yeah. girls. That's, that's what we were going for. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. What do you think the difference is between girls and boys? Like a lot of people try to say these days there isn't much difference. It's all how you raise them. But do you find they actually naturally gravitate towards one type of behavior over the other? It's tough to say a little bit. I think my my two girls, they both definitely have different personalities. They wrestle like boys, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think they are... They're a little more, obviously, a little more sensitive than I've seen with some of my other other friends that have uh, boys the same age. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the uh, the gravitational pull. Again, it's just their personality comes out around four years old. Mm-hmm. Grace is the same way, and Layla's going through it now, so... Well, with Lucy, I've I've noticed she tends to like to look after a baby and be kind of nurturing towards a doll and put it to bed and... She's always right. kissing Alex's tummy and saying how like much she loves the baby and she's baby's like her new favorite word whereas if we had a boy I'm wondering would the boy be like that but maybe the boy wouldn't be like that only because we wouldn't have bought the boy a baby doll. I would buy a boy a baby doll. Okay, well then if we have a boy we'll buy it a baby doll and we'll test it. Derek, and if we'll you test that, yeah. If you had a boy, would you uh be buying him a baby doll? Um, if I, if like, if my first was a boy mm-hmm. or if there was a doll around when I had a boy, your first kid's a boy, you buying that thing a doll or not? Wait, you buying the boy a doll. The thing is well, the doll. Yeah. I, I, that's fine. Um, yeah. I don't know. You bring up the Toys R Us, he picks out what he picks out. Okay. But you, you're not taking them down the doll aisle is what you're saying. I get that impression. Um, I wouldn't not take them down <laughs> i mean i know everyone kind of gears towards like the truck section or like you know jurassic park or something um I don't, are you saying like you would just buy one intentionally i would because i think that especially boys need to learn those nurturing feelings and what a better way to do it than get a little baby doll See, it's interesting you say that because i only have one friend that has two boys okay. everyone else that i know have girls and their oldest is was was super super nurturing when she was pregnant with her second mm-hmm. same thing that you said like like how old is lucy now almost two she's 20 months almost two okay so yeah he was doing the same thing like very you know bringing her glasses of water uh-huh. and like kissing the tummy and things like that lucy's not that and- nice she's she can't get me water yet. <laughs> not yet not yet you'll get there <laughs> but wait the thought is done <laughs> i thought there was more to that no, I was waiting for you to okay. continue with the I'm sorry. There seemed like there was more to that. Not that it wasn't good. but So Alex talks a pretty tough game here. But I've noticed Lou wears a lot of pink and dresses. She doesn't really dress neutral, Alex. Mm-hmm. So what, what's up with do that? You, do, you, do you dress her, Alex? Like, um, do you pick everything out? 
No, I I don't do. buy her stuff. I buy her stuff used, and when I buy her stuff, I I tend to buy more neutral stuff. But we get it so much stuff given to us from grandparents, so I of just course. throw on whatever's clean. But today you put her hair, and I'm not complaining. I like her hairdo here in like a little bit of a front ponytail. I love the front pony. Me too. But I'm wondering, would you do that to a male child? Well, I'm going to now just because this conversation. Okay. Is the is the bun still in the man bun? <laughs> her brother actually had a man bun for uh, when I first started dating Alex, and it looked very See? becoming on him. Yeah, no, it's good. Some can pull it off. Yeah, some yeah. can pull it off. Um, but not to get off topic. Um, no, I would no, never I, get off topic because my next question is: Do you think my father-in-law <laughs> likes you better than me? Uh, uh pass. <laughs> pass. <laughs> I do miss him. I do miss him. He's a listener. Mm-hmm. Well, hello. Well, and I would say to that, if he does, and I would think it's a good possibility, it's because he knows me better than you. And the more people... Maybe. Yeah. I think when people first meet me, they kind of like me, then they really like me, then they start to hate me. So it's like he might know me too well to like me a lot. What's that? I I still like you the same. I know, but you're at that good uh, honeymoon phase with me. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. you've gotten over the kind of liking me, and you're like, I really like Shane now. But then one step further is hate. Mm, yeah. There's Fine also the, the musicianship, too, that we have in common. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Not you and I. Oh. oh and John, you and my dad. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. And Shane definitely cannot uh, get in on that bro down. Okay. Yeah. I uh, was in a it. rap group. I'm not sure. I'm if you aware knew that. of that. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm aware. <laughs> okay. Very, very close to uh, award show uh, nominations, weren't you? So how was we just went over a heck of a time naming the second one, and I was wondering uh-huh. for you, your names are very cool. Did mm-hmm. that just slip out of your mouth, or did you plan these for a long while? Um, my wife had Grace's name picked out long time ago, mm-hmm. and Layla's was. We chose that, I think, about an hour or two after she was born. See, that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. We were trying to decide on names for, for Layla, and nothing was coming, nothing was coming. And then uh, she was born. It was a very fast labor, and uh, we had to pick. Did you not know it was a girl? Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. That's a weird yeah. move. It is. It was, uh, yeah, it was just, we couldn't decide on one. Are you, do you find you're a procrastinator in real life? No, I hope not. I don't know. I don't think so. Because that is really waiting till the last minute. And that's, it's kind of cool. I'm just thinking how against type that would be for me to do that. So was it like she came out and then you went back to your list of names that you guys had and were like, hey, what does she look more like? Not even. It it kind of just came out. Like the name, the name was in kind of like, you know, in the, in the hat. And, uh, well, yeah, when she was born, we kind of just looked at her and the name just kind of came out. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. And this question is always hard for parents to answer. But if you're being honest with yourself, who's your favorite kid? (laughs) Who's my favorite kid? Well, I've had some some dads answer this. Yes. (laughs) If I, uh, it depends on the mood. It depends (laughs) on their mood. (laughs) Right now you have to pick. Right now, uh, I pretty sure Layla's playing drums right now. I can hear someone playing, so I'll, I'll go on Layla's side right now. I love that Cause answer. Because it's, it's 8.30 <laughs> and she's wailing on the kit. So. 
No, that's real good. Go for it. Was it tough? Like, what's they're two years apart? Mm-hmm. Was it tough yeah. uh, going from one to two? At first, it was a little bit. It was the the age the age difference helped because you know you're not dealing with a lot of the infant stuff all at once, where yeah. you know if they're a year apart, the kind of thing. So it was it was definitely a little bit difficult to start kind of handing out the tasks. Who's going to do what with what? You know, the feeding obviously on the mom's side. So taking a two-year-old out to do stuff was a little easier. It was it wasn't as bad as I expected. We kind of we're um, we're overwhelmed a, a bit at first, mm-hmm. but that kind of quickly fizzled because again, you're not figuring things out like you were for the first one. Right. You know, you're not. You're not padding the whole house. You're not, you know, putting up chain link fence around everything so they don't get to it and then nerfing that too, you know. So it's more, it's, it's a little bit easier with the second because you're, you're, you know what to expect. Got any tips for us? Uh, no, just do what you're doing. Okay. Because yeah, you, think... you actually just scared me when you said all the chain link fence and nerfing <laughs> stuff because we've done none of that. <laughs> Like our house is like very dangerous right now. It's it's quite amazing that Lucy hasn't had stitches yet. <laughs> but that's the best part. You're not over you're not overprotective. And you can't. Because if you are, that's gonna trail onto the second one, then they're never gonna be allowed to leave the house. Right. You know, you gotta you just gotta take it uh take it with stride. I like that. And how do you handle date nights now and partying? Like how Myself? often are you doing uh, either of those? Date nights? <laughs> Not really that often. We try to do like once a month to go out. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, we have a, a lot of help with my in-laws. So that's not too bad if we have, you know, a birthday party where we're both going to. It's, it's it, We're pretty lucky that way. We have a lot of help there. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, if we're going to do anything, I mean, my wife, Sonia, is super, super supportive and encouraging. So I don't really have to play those games like, you know, trickery of, of saying you're going somewhere but you're really going out with the boys like um <laughs> is that a common trick <laughs> yeah, i've never yeah, heard of that trick <laughs> oh i'm just going to the grocery store honey need anything <laughs> guys yeah, start the exactly. car <laughs> exactly i gotta be home before the grocery store closes you smell of uh, alcohol no yeah. i swear i was just picking up some milk yeah, there's a spill in aisle six i helped you guys clean it up Wow. Well, good on you for not doing that classic <laughs> lie. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, there's something I saw once uh, in, in one of the Foo Fighters documentaries where you have, like, Dave Grohl being Dave Grohl, and, you know, he spends all day with the kids. I don't know how many he has, but he spends all day with the kids, and there's almost, like, like an hour where he has to go play a show. So it's, like, the Dave Grohl dad and then the Dave Grohl rock dad. So, right. like, the nighttime... He, he transforms into, you know, the, the persona that he's earned and, and created. But then at the same time, you know, still getting up at 730 to make pancakes. Right. And that's that's you. I've adapted that quite well. No matter what time you get home, you know, they're going to jump on you no matter what. So just plan for it. I like it. And I had a really good question. It's amazing how it jumped out of my mind, though. <laughs> I don't have it. Alex, You well, can I think of it while you ask him another question? Did you a, drop the note? Did the, did the cue cards slip? No, because Alex arranged this one, and then normally uh, I have cue cards, but now I'm kind of like caught with my pants down here. I see. 
So Alex, you asked him something. Is the camera rolling during this? The camera <laughs> is rolling, but I I'll edit this out. Don't worry. It'll seem like we're waste, just like natural. waste up. Waste yeah. up. But we saw actually um Dave Grohl, he was staying on when he did what was it for? He did he did a thing in Toronto. A book tour with his mom. Yeah. The book he, tour, yeah. Yeah. He was staying at the same hotel as us and we we're hearing stories about how the night before he got on stage to talk about the book with his mom, he was mm. just like raging hard. Like just Yeah. You know, it's his night out. He's off, he's away from the kids for one night and just yeah. kinda being being himself, but knowing that obviously he's got to get home and do what he needs to do. Well, absolutely, absolutely. You can't you can't rob yourself of that because if you do, things start changing in in your own personality, mm-hmm. which will, will eventually affect the kids, right? Will to roll off on yeah. the kids. So you need it, and you deserve it. So you have to go for it. Good answer. I remembered my question. Yeah. Good, awesome. Do you know your love language? What? <laughs> I thought you'd say that. Okay. In in your romantic life, what do you think's uh-huh. most important to you? Words of affirmation, like someone saying I love you, quality mm-hmm. time with the wife, receiving mm-hmm. gifts from the wife, like thoughtful little gifts, acts mm-hmm. of service like her cleaning the house or looking after the children, or physical mm-hmm. touch. So I'll just go over it one more time. Words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service or physical touch. What is the most important thing to you? With two kids, hands down, quality time. Yeah. Right? That's what I said, too. Yeah. Hands down. It's hard it's, to get. Uh, it is. It's hard to get. And when it does happen, you know, it's, <laughs> you might be too exhausted to even talk. So that's nice. And you just kind of sit there in peace and quiet. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. Well, because I guess you can always get like a little five-minute bang session in, but then to actually sure. sit down and like spend significant time is way harder to do. Well That's said, right. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Make me a little emotional here. <laughs> um, now, it is. Yeah. you've given some uh, good advice here. Now, normally we don't do this on Guy's Corner, but how can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out for some guy advice of their own? Is Instagram the best way? Yeah. Uh Derek underscore drummer yep. is the Instagram handle, and uh, it's a private account because I have it's basically all pictures of the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm able to uh, be contacted that way. And you can and kind of really... vet them if you see it's a, a dad who looks like he needs help, you, and it's an open profile. You can kind of tell if they're a creep or not. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and your last name uh, isn't Drummer. It's because you are a drummer. That's why Drummer is part of your Instagram handle. In case people did not know that, that's right. Yeah, I used to have the Instagram name Papa Dare. Papa yep. Dare. Yeah, but um, people were pronouncing it weird, so it was getting too weird for me. So I just changed well, it to pop- easier. Name a weird pronunciation of that. Um, what was the one? One just put it over the edge. It was like. I didn't have kids the way he said it. I'm like, I got to change this now. Oh. I'm no, I'm no papa. <laughs> oh, <laughs> interesting. Street. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And w- are you in any bands people can check out right now? Uh, nope. I'm a free agent right now. Okay. So you're looking for yeah. work. So another reason to DM Derek there. underscore drummer. All right. Thank you very much. I really thank appreciate it. And great, great advice. And you're a great guest. Absolutely. Get back yep. to that chaos. 
Yeah, are you sure I have to? <laughs> <laughs> Just lie to the wife. Say it's a really long podcast. Go out and have a few beers. Yeah, actually. do do that tricky move. <laughs> yeah, the windows open and down the uh, fire escape we go. All right, later, <laughs> Papa. There. Thanks, guys. Nice talking to you. Good one. Yeah. I like him. He's always just so uh, genial. Just like always so mm-hmm. e- like happy and easygoing and easy to talk to. Like no matter where we're seeing him or anything, eh? Is cun genial different than genial? I don't know. I noticed you say genial a lot. And I've Do been I saying. say it a lot? Well, genial is not a word that just slips by. And I like, don't think I say it a lot. Well, you've said it at least three times in this podcast. Not this episode. I edit the podcast. Genial. Pods. Friendly and cheerful. What's congenial? Pleasant because of personality, qualities, or interests that are similar to one's own. That's weird. Okay. Moving on. Where are we at? Well, we have some listener questions. Okay. We're done our callers. They're short questions. Who will you have in the delivery room with you? Shane. That's it. Shane, the doctors. I know a lot of people have like their husband or their partner and then their mom in there but that would be too high stress for me and I, I really liked how we did it last time like we just dimmed the lights we had a movie on and we were just really in a good zone and then my mom and my dad were waiting outside so they came like immediately after the baby was born but for the hard parts only Shane okay that's your answer my answer is me my friend Greg Beerman continue <laughs> send him that invite Will you be doing any childbirth prep classes? We did the first one online uh, when we were pregnant with Lucy and... That was no no help at all. No. uh, So, you know, if I found something that was like a one-dayer, I just, I can't devote, you know, six Saturdays over two months to a prep class. That's just too much time. But if there was like, (laughs) bless you, a three-hour crash course that we could do, I would be in for that. Do those classes cost money, those prep classes? I think you can get them for free in Ontario. Yeah. Like where we live, you Seems can get like all some that stuff. some sort of money grab. No, 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 no. In Ontario, you can get them for free. But um, then they probably get money from somebody. But if you want like a specialized one where they teach you how to like meditate and then you don't get the epidural or anything and it's like supposed to be that you're focusing on something in the room and then you get to this like heightened state where it's all it's crazy i don't know i couldn't do it but i'm sure things like that cost a lot of money have you been working out this pregnancy no no not at all and i wish i was and i plan to start again now that i am feeling a little bit better uh but there was no chance in all heck that i could have during the first trimester and even now because i am randomly sick now at times i'd have to take it day by day will you have gender disappointment if it's a boy no neither will i I'm just excited to have something. There's both. If you got a boy, it's like, oh, one of both. No. So, Why did I say that? So <laughs> one, <laughs> one of both, both. eh? Oh. Uh, and if we have a girl, it'll be, oh, cool. Two of the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that we will just be so happy with whatever it is and then only see the positives in that. And then we'd be like, good thing we didn't have a whatever, you know? But that's it for the listener questions, for the callers, for our uh, psychoanalysis of each other's. Any last question for me? I don't. Do you have a question for me? Let me think of one. Yes, I do have a question. Mm. Do you feel a lot better now than you did before we recorded the podcast? I do. And this is why (laughs) I say, if you're unhappy, if you are having a real bad day, a real bad week, a real bad month. Start a podcast. (laughs) No, just... 
you know, something's getting you down, force yourself to smile. Tell yourself you are going to smile. You're going to go and do something nice for yourself. It's going to make you happy. And then through that, like, even if it's kind of phony at first, you are going to start to feel better. See, that's the biggest seven mentality. That's the biggest seven mentality in the book. What you have to do is, I thought you were going to say, talk to someone about it. (laughs) Like, have a nice chat because you don't always need the podcast microphones to have an in-depth conversation. And like you were saying the other day, we had a very deep Mm -hmm. conversation that you might normally not have. But talking through stuff is the best way to actually feel better, which is why therapy is so popular. Yeah, but sometimes you don't want to talk through something because you're just so miserable. So I think that forcing yourself to, like I came on and you said even, you're like, oh, Alex, there's like a little bit of a phony happiness going on. But now you're saying there's but, a real happiness Well, going I think on, that, that might work for sevens, other sevens out there. But there's not a ton of sevens. So you sevens out there, force yourself to smile. They and eventually, to. They already have smiles glued on their faces. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast, Podcast, episode 25. Woo. And folks, uh, just before you go, please get onto iTunes or whatever and please leave a comment, a message. Let us know how we're doing because we do love to hear from you. Boom.